sun. <laughs> sun cut. Yeah. Like BT after midnight. The sun cut. Trying to walk in Milwaukee. You know, make the bucks. <laughs> the sun cut. They go to jewelry. Yeah. Experiment an apocalyptic experience. Apologizing for death. Niggas ain't hearing it. But we seen the signs. We ain't say shit. I guess we in the mimes. It's some clown shit. I'm just a poor nigga with wisdom. One day you catch it. Supposed to eat with your dogs. But ain't nobody blessing. The food for life. The cops watching. We both sketched in. Don't be surprised when they throw a bone in your homie. Fetch it. You on your own, pal. Ain't no best friends. Ain't no true toys. Ain't no new bins. Ain't no family trips. That's where we follow trends. Ain't no love in the town. That's where the hate blends. The cops ain't after helping. They just apprehend. Error of application. The robots are men. Error of conversations. Even if arguing, we rough around the edges. Even when dropping gems. It's uncut. It's uncut. Yeah. It's that mixtape, man. Uncut gems mixtape. Shout out to the homies, man. Free the homies, man. Salutations and salutations. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Uncut Gems Mixtape. I am Ryan Humor and... Hey, it's the ever so Mr. Clever, uh, Mr. About Dell Time. Hey, peace, King. Peace, King. Bro, I heard today we have a very special guest. In the wake of the recent hate crime that occurred in Atlanta last week, we felt it'd be best to share our platform with a proud member of the affected community. It's not like we need much introduction. I talk about her pretty much every show. But yes, man, I want to proudly introduce the young, the beautiful, you know what I'm saying, the the Filipina native, um, the young lady that has done many things in her community within our community, such things as volunteering at Sama Sama in the summer camp program um, led by parents and education and educators in, in Oakland, California. You know, that's big up to the Bay right there. She's also was a grassroots organizer in college. And, you know, she also led the women's commission as a co-chair political chair um, at her college, UC Santa Barbara. And I mean, her list goes on, but those are just a few, few, few major things she's done. But let me just go ahead and no longer hold this up and introduce this young lady, Miss Jacreza Mia. But some of you guys might know her as She Spits Color. What's good, y'all? This is Jacreza. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that. Uh, for full disclosure, though, like the college stuff was over a decade ago, so I feel embarrassed to even claim it. But hey. Um, definitely proud to be here and speak on what's been going on. And you get your wins where you can. You we we counting that. We I don't care how <laughs> I don't care how long ago it was. I learned how to ride a bike thirty years ago. I still claim I'm a bike rider. So you I'm know. gonna tell my kids about it. Like you know what your mama did. You know she was out there. Uh, like I said, my name is Jacreza. I'm originally from the Bay and the Philippines. I'm a transnational Filipino American. Right. Um, I'm daughters to several mothers. Um, and yeah, like Liddell said, or about Dell time, my bad. <laughs> Beyonce okay. too, about Dell time. 
<laughs> okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I mean, what, with regard to the Atlanta incident, I mean, what would you say was your initial reaction? I think more like I was really speechless. Um, I don't know exactly what emotion I was feeling, but day in, day out, we have these news, right, from Black Lives Matter, and then as of late, an influx of violence against Asian American elders and women specifically. Um, so I think I was shocked and then I was sad, obviously, like it's like, damn, what is going on? Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much avoided social media that day actually, because I just didn't really want to consume all the videos and all the news because I wasn't really sure how I was going to process it. Uh, and it's a pandemic y'all. So it's, it's even harder to like really kind of stay, you know, mentally fit like when there's always bad news like this happening absolutely yeah you gotta you gotta kind of it's so much going on you gotta just escape the feed as a whole as a staff worker level in the crew how would you say your immediate family reacted have you checked on them have they checked on you how is that working well when we were in the bay i definitely asked my mom to try and pull back on walking by herself as okay. much um but you know for them for them it's like well if once I shift my ways, that's when I'm letting them affect me. Um, so I think also there's, it's not something that you just openly talk about, right? We know it's happening, but for them, it's, it's they just would rather keep off of that. Uh, specifically right. for my mom, who is Filipina. Um, she's very independent. And yeah, like I, I think for her, um, this has always been happening. You know, hearing it in the news doesn't make it any less scarier because it's always been there. Right. Right. I mean, as someone as someone that's that's very active uh, in the Black Lives Matters movement, um, yourself, I'm speaking of. And then when it comes to what's happening right now within your own community, uh, how do you navigate when I guess you mentioned that your mother and your family, they don't really want to talk about it. But when it comes to the way you move with BLM, I've seen you be very vocal about that. Is that hard to not talk about it? Or is that just something that you're used to for your culture? Um, I would say I'm lucky that my, they're very open and conversational to, okay. to news, but I'm saying in terms of talking about it in a deeper sense, maybe really discussing where this is coming from, like maybe that engagement doesn't happen as often, also given the fact that we're not in the same city. But we do chat about it. And um, of course, like when George Floyd was murdered um, that weekend going to protests, they worry. They're not really people who will take it out in the streets, right? But they, of course they have their, um, they're also shocked that this is still happening. Right. There's things that we see all the time, but then sometimes there's a video where, or an incident where it's like, yo, this, this hit different. I mean, for lack of a better expression, did this hit different in any way? Or are you... So just another day. No, definitely hit. I mean, I, I will say the moment that hit different and really set off like just a lot of emotions was watching that woman in San Francisco uh, who beat <laughs> the dude who attacked her. But when she cried, I was like, I just was, I lost it <laughs> because that just was so raw, like um, targeting el our elders, you know, who really like it's all 
coming from hate. Um, and, and that really, for me personally, that really makes me question too about how do we really fix this? Um, and also in other incidents, like knowing that other minorities are also partaking. Um, but all in all, like we all know that this all stems from racism and there is a lot to do with anti-Blackness, even within the Asian American community. Like there, we, I think in the back of my mind, I've always assumed that the landscape will change naturally because the youth will bring in that shift, right? They're going to be well-informed, information is more accessible, history on racism will be much more apparent than it was. But when you see someone like that guy who shot up and terrorized in Atlanta, the Asian American community in Atlanta, and he is so young, like early 20s, Right. Um, I think that fact, obviously, it was really alarming. Um, but again, that, this is nothing new. It's just that um, it hits you at certain points in your life. And, and you're wondering, like, how do we really create a better community? Because historically, by design, like minorities have been pitted against each other, right? We're right. fighting over resources. Um, there is a lack of understanding. But if you really think about it, if if everyone was putting in the work and having the conversation um, about how how do we address anti-blackness in you American society? Because when we do that, it will trickle into all other communities, um, right. specifically Asian American. Um, but yeah, like that's definitely where my mind took me, and obviously, like frustration too, because um, admittedly, I don't think I'm as active as I could be, or um, I'm using my platform as much as I'd like to, because if anything, I've been elusive. That's how I've been. I've been elusive because <laughs> I'm avoiding all the feed that really right. gets overwhelming, especially when you're sitting there, you can't step out and, um, you know, you feel helpless. I think that's, I, I mean, to add to that, I think that's common though. Like as, as Ryan said, you know, we have, even in our culture as, as, as being young black men, we have become numb to this mm -hmm. you know what I mean we've come to a point where you're desensitized you're desensitized and sometimes even in your mind not necessarily our mind but in a sense some people may take it in well maybe he was doing something that wasn't correct or maybe this happened or what did he say or what did she say yeah. things like that and we try to you know blame the victim and things in that sort and um but it does take incidents like this where it happens in your life. Man, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, to me, it, it leads back to to Trump's administration. You know, this has been going on for a year where the Asian community is being attacked. You know, and it ha and it ha and it and it draws back into Trump stating things like, "Oh, um, this is the Chinese virus." You know, so you immediately keep feeding that into the media to where people start to have a reason to hate a certain culture. Yeah. And and, you know, and then. Um, but yeah, man, it's 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 something that that definitely you can get numb to. But, but yeah, sorry, bro. Let's go. Ahead. No, all good. No, I, I, pre I appreciate your insight. I mean, while, while you're I mean, with that, though, I was going to ask you, um, just to piggyback on what about those time said. Drakeza, how, based on your experience, how responsible would you say the last administration 
was for these attacks. I mean, as you did mention a little bit earlier, this is something that has been happening in your community as long as you can remember. However, to Dell's point, there's obviously been um, it's been magnified and there's been a massive influence since since the Cheeto. I mean, so how would you say <laughs> how how responsible would you say the Cheeto was for this happening right now? They're very much responsible because they opened the floodgates. They essentially, these people have always had these thoughts, right? Because in education, we're not highlighting where U.S. fucked up. Can I cuss? I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> but where okay. we fucked up in history. So you have people that are misled, that are still in denial of slavery happening and all that. Um, or Japanese ca- uh, internment camps were racist. Like, that's still a question. Or us going to Vietnam was really fucked up. And um, so the point that we're not admitting them, it's, re- it's really culminated to people that are ill-informed. And then you have someone like Trump who steps in and says it out loud without getting penalized. Um, and so they're like, well, hey, I can get away with it. So it's happening a lot more. And of course, technology is highlighting that news even more for us. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they co-signed on this. They, they, this happened every time, 9-11, this happened. You had people who remotely look, look like they could be Muslim just because they wear like a headpiece, like are getting attacked, right? And right. so this is the case now too. And, and it's just crazy because when you think about it, what's different is that, like, for example, for Atlanta, it was women and people are arguing, was this racist or sexist? Like the thing is, toward the racism towards Asian American, you cannot speak on it without talking about sexism. It's intertwined. Um, Like a lot of US troops have, um, have bases in Asian countries. And what do they do, right? Like not to get like too deep, but um, like prostitution of the women in those countries in those impoverished countries, like that was happening. And that was getting fed back to, to how US society now um, has been ill-informed and, and how these stereotypes are still upheld like in media and like obviously I think that's changing in a lot of ways like representation is um, shifting a lot more but but this is what we're working with right like these are like the the grounds that we're working with um, so when you have someone who's just with some platform use certain words like especially when it's about virus that no one really knows about. Like people fear what they don't know. And that's what really that was, that like Trump capitalized on the fact that people are scared, people are struggling. And then also it amplified for people that already was bred with hate. Um, So yeah. That's a a very interesting insight. I mean, I, I never thought of it in that way when not only are you, not only are you spreading fear through racism, but you're also spreading fear about something that no one knows anything about. Right. So it's like you mentioned the 9-11 example, which is perfect. And it's like, oh, well, these people did this and we know nothing about it. So it has to be this. Right. And then when you when you feel bad, when you feel bad information is already is already horrible. The bad information with ignorance. Oh, man, that's that's a gumbo for lunching. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the recipe. So I mean, so I mean, what what would you say would. I mean, did you hear what the sheriff said? I was going to ask you, what were your feelings when you heard the sheriff describe the murderer as having a bad day? Yeah, I I read about it because when I Googled about it, that was the first article that popped up. And now I'm like, oh, shit, it was the headline, too. Um, 
that was just fucked up. Uh, and again, this is the stuff that's kind of like the the issue that that we're not addressing is that we are not calling facts as they are. Uh, we're not calling this a terrorism. Like, why not? Um, the de- it, it fits the bill, right? The definition is right there. And we're refusing to call it racism, but um, they were targeted, clearly. Um, so that alone, like, that just shows you, like, one, a sheriff is saying this. Uh, and then two, like, in the media, this is, like, now the headline. Um, so they're focusing everything on this man like man's potential mental health, whatever, right? But that's always the case when it's a white man terrorizing communities. Oh, he got mental health issues. Like, oh, but we can't get the same courtesy. Like when, you know what I mean? Like, and when it's a person of color. And when it's a person of color, it's like, oh, nope. Getting the worst, like, where's justice? So that's another thing. It's like, I feel like there has to be some kind of mobilized media that, that corrects this like like i don't know why mainstream media is not stepping to the plate to just call it like it is shift like the philosophy of like covering these stories um yeah and it's crazy because the thing is he didn't even know to do the sheriff didn't even know the guy no the the crazy part is that he kept saying like well you know he said it's not racism because he said that he did this like so you're asking the suspect (laughs) of what it is like (laughs) yeah he said (laughs) He, he said. Yeah. He said he didn't even shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he said. said he was yeah. there. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he said like I don't. That that's what that's what got me with that because every time usually, I mean usually when a person of color is murdered in the street, they obviously can't tell their story. But in thirty five seconds, we have their whole rap sheet. We know they owned the pit bull puppy. We know they used to they so laughy taffy in fifth grade. We know what we know everything they did. And that narrative is written for them. But for this guy, it's like, no, we asked him if we asked him if it was terrorism. And no, he's just he's just sex addiction. So, you know, it's not really terrorism. Like, (laughs) like, a person asked the dude that what? (laughs) He had a bad day. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) A person of color can have a rag just next to him. He was gang affiliated. Right, bro. Like, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. Like, uh, for for other for for regular people, I mean. For regular people of color, it's like your bad day is you find out your stimmy didn't come. Right. Their bad day is, oh, I'm a just I'm going to shoot up the massage parlor. And I you make I, I didn't even really think about it, Jacrees, at this point, because I've become really numb to not hearing the word terror when it comes to white individuals. And I didn't realize what you said said until now that I have not heard the word the I've only people I've heard use domestic terrorism is me and about their time during our pre-show several days ago. I haven't heard the word domestic terrorism one time, but I feel like if you go somewhere with a mission to kill people, multiple people, and you go to two places to do this, I would think that that would be terrorism. But for some reason, it just doesn't it doesn't check all the terrorism boxes based on whoever is in charge of checking terrorism boxes. I don't know who's in charge. No, it's because, see, when you when you when you a white guy, you got to kill like a massive amount of minorities in order for it to be a terror, and you be, be labelized as a terrorist. But if to be you defined are, as terrorism, correct, you, have to... you have to kill. You have to kill a massive amount of people. But when you are white, I mean, well, when you are a brown person, you could kill one person in there that happens to be that happens to be some kind of like whether it's um, whether it's about their sexuality or whether it's about their skin tone. 
then they'll then they'll say, oh, it was a it was a sex crime. Oh, it was a hate crime. It was things like they that. They don't even want to call this a hate crime. It's no, of thing. course not, because because he's mentally ill. Oh, God. He's I not. I, I'm I'm confused as to why they can't call it a hate crime in some sort of matter. If they really want to stay away from the from the racism word, okay, fine, white supremacy. But no, why he, though? Yeah, of course I get it. I I know why. But even but even even with that, you still went there to you still went there to go um you went there to empty the clip on a particular type of worker. Right. Like that's what you went to go do. Like it'd be like, okay, okay, like you murdered all the Lakers, but it's not you didn't go there to kill black people, you went there to kill basketball players. Either way, you chose a group to murder them. So I don't understand why if it's it should be a double hate crime at that point. Yeah. Like okay, well, 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 there wasn't all Asian people. Okay, but they were all workers. Well, no, nah, no, nah, but it's just a bad day. Yeah. So I don't even. I, I'm. You I'm gotta know what happened to him. You gotta understand his day. Things happen. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. Jerry's my. I, I, I would ask you this. He before. ran out of gas. <laughs> he, he ran. He ran out of gas, and then found gas, and then still went to go handle his business. <laughs> Did he? You? He, he went to two places, right? Yeah. Okay, so. After the, I, I just, I can't understand how, how the way certain people can move is you can go do something at one place, get in your car and then go elsewhere with the same pistol, the same gun, do the same thing twice. But people reach for cigarette lighters and clips get emptied into them. That's, That's what I'm saying. Like, how did that, he had time to travel? So much time to travel. Like he got coffee. As Dale said, he got gas. Yeah. Oh, and he's alive. Let's let's just put it out there. He's and he's alive. alive. Right. They probably didn't even put the cuff. Are the cuffs all right? And it's not to wish death on anyone. Are but, they too tight on your wrist? But we know that this is only specific to white people. Somehow, some way, when it's a white terrorist, they can detain them without hurting them. Right. Now they they run away from white terrorists. We've seen it many times. Which is which is to me, I, I believe it's it's almost. I can see the I can see how people would be upset how a regular arrest someone's murdered, but for this arrest the person's alive. But the thing that frustrates me is that I don't I feel I don't feel like the police are protecting people at that point because if this man went to two locations, you guys found him, he's literally armed and dangerous. You should have took him down immediately. Right. Like there's no if if someone went to two places to do this, not not just not like why are they still walking around, but Shouldn't y'all just took him down? Who know? Who knew what could happen next? Like, but for y'all to just be like, you're not, you're not doing your job. Like, like I just don't feel like you're doing your job. That's because they don't point. see him as a terrorist. I was gonna say, like, I think it comes down to how, the valuation of life, right? Like, if a cop yes. is like looking at like the criminal, looks like him, probably, and then again, like, not really valuing the lives that are at stake. Right. That's right. It. Not in the same way that you're valuing this criminal's life. Yeah, and, and I'm not, not saying this specific to Atlanta, but like just time and time again, we see these questionable. Yeah, Jeez. not yeah. not valuing the lives at stake. That's that's stated very that's stated very well, Teresa. That is an that's an that's an excellent footnote. Like the 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 arrest is based on how they value the lives at stake. Yeah, like that's that's out that's outstanding. That's outstanding. Can you tell me with? I mean, as someone that's I mean, active in the community and like shares a bond, shares a bond. What would you say? What would you tell people about what's happening that the media isn't telling us? Um, that's a good question. 
I would definitely say that this, all this that's happening, these yeah. are like just accumulation of events that were stem from these undertones that we see in the media. Um, like I've had this discussion with my dad and we were saying how a lot of it is, it, it comes down to education. Like, how do you have a 20 some year old guy who, um, who doesn't have a sense? Like why, why, why were Asian American women targeted? Like, you know, I'll say this just, just for context. Like there's been a time where I was working at, at um, a department store in college and I was selling men's shoes. And while selling men's shoes, this guy, of course, trying to, a white, older white man, trying to figure out my ethnicity. And then in the process, he guessed Filipino, whatever, right? And then he asked me, how did you get away? After he told me about him being there from when he was in the military. And basically he was insinuating how did I get away as far as like the life there and like, yeah, um, presumably like, it's, it's just insane. Like, um, wow. so like imagine those people and then they have sons. Um, and what's happening in that household. And then when you have a school district that doesn't care to talk about history, you know, when I, luckily for me, I got, I, I was also educated in the Philippines. So I learned uh, Philippine history independent of America. And then I came to the US I was, um, for high school and the history was slightly different. The, the verbiage was different, right? Um, right. And it's because it's in the lens of, of white America. Um, and I feel like if we continue on doing that, we will always have these problems. It's history repeating itself. Um, we've seen this in Japanese internment camps happening, like the Vincent Chin story. Um, and that's essentially when that was a Chinese American who was murdered by two white men um, who assumed that he was Japanese. And it was out of frustration that the auto industry in Japan was booming and it was taking jobs. Again, this is like because about resources. Uh, we're not talking about these history lessons at regular like high school or elementary school. Like I feel like sometimes you almost have to go to college and take an elective to get this information, which I don't know why, because that's really kind of like the foundational work that as a community needs to happen. Um, and in the media, of course, we like, there's all these headlines, but they're not really discussing like, how has this really accumulated, right? Like when yeah. Trump was saying China virus, yeah, you guys were reporting on that, but you guys were not condemning him. Like there right. was no collective like effort to penalize him like why um so now i'm ranting <laughs> with frustration no. but these are just the things that you kind of think about like it's so deep that you can't just there needs to be policies put in place like i feel like there has to be a way to have a mandate right like what kind of context are we giving our youth because they're the ones that are going to determine how this really unfolds over time um yeah dang that's a brilliant answer that's a really good answer. I appreciate that. I really do. You were going to say something, Dale? I was just going to say to her point, it's, it's, it's wild because a lot of people of, of other ethnicities or other countries come here and they thrive to be in the land of the free. But then when you get here, you know, it's, you realize it's not really built 
in that in that sense. Yeah, and and also just to touch on this quickly, also like the model minority mythology, right? Like, let's be real, there is anti-blackness in Asian American communities, and I and as a community, we need to realize that we are victims to the racist structures of the America, but also in a sense, sometimes like Asian Americans akin to to whiteness as success. So that anti-blackness is also internalized. And, um, um, and, and this is again done by design. In history, you learn this. I took Asian American set, uh, classes in college, but you learn this that they pit you against each other, all these minority groups. And the model minority essentially is this idea that, oh, see, like these immigrants and particularly East Asians, right? Like uh, they assimilate well, they don't, they are, they're submissive and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and they, can, they can excel, but you're, that's us homogenizing like uh, migration. Like all our migration patterns are so different. And then when you have this model minority that is about like maybe people that they're sourcing, like the auto industry in Japan, of course that migration is different. You're getting in like some professionals, but then Filipinos historically were farmers. Um, so we don't even fit that bill, but Asian American, Asian, A- Asia is how many countries? Like 49, like we're all fit in this one idea. And it's like, right. yo, like some, some people in America don't even know that there are brown Asians. That's insane to me. Right. Um, but but yeah, like U.S. is just so diverse, and and because of that, there's so much in history that's already happened, and it's repeating itself. Yeah, it's um, deep. That's deep. It's yeah. tough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what, what no, no, man, no. That's... No, I, I, no, that's heavy. I really, I do, I do appreciate you going into the into the model minority model like i i wanted to ask you about that but just had no idea how mm-hmm. so thanks <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that i mean with you got i mean you obviously have a mind on you and one of my one of my like one of my questions i very look forward to asking you is with unlimited resources like what would you do to help this problem mm-hmm. wow um unlimited resources if personally i had unlimited resources yeah Oh, well, if I had resources now that I need, I would put up a community center. Um, this is my dream, actually. Uh, okay. Do educational programming and really foster a community in that sense, uh, like lay down roots somewhere. Um, I, I feel like we're part of that generation, right? Like we're moving a lot. We're originally from the Bay. We're on the go. Um but at some point, I definitely want to commit to a community, like whether that's in the Bay or wherever, and give back in that sense. And, and yeah, like I, I think if we had unlimited resources, then we would be going to schools and partaking in that process and having more conversations like this and create platforms so people can have exchanges like this and um be involved in like policy or like have cultural education yeah like have a say and like where we're at and and make sure we're 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 moving progressively love that what would you say for people with limited resources what could they do to be of assistance right now oh so that's me right now (laughs) (laughs) 
let me. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me. Let me clarify that one. What I, I guess. I, I guess what I mean. I guess what I mean more or less is people. People that people that don't have the bond to the community that you have. Oh, what could, I see. Like, what could they do to be not to be not like necessarily an ally, but a co-conspirator? Because the difference is co-conspirators go to jail with you. Allies, they just they just root for you. Yeah. So what would you say? What, what would you say? People that aren't in the community but want to help and then have limited resources, how could they be of assistance? Yeah, and and I just need to say this because I feel like I'm also sure. on that footing that I, okay. I am someone who yearns to do more, right? Um, yeah. And really, it's just show up, dude. Show okay. up. Like you might not know resources, but you can. You doubt you're on Instagram. You're scrolling, right? Like you might as well <laughs> search for the right things. Like search for local orgs that put on um, events or rallies that you're interested in, protests, or really just read, find resources that you trust and get informed. Um, But yeah, I think that's just sometimes like, you know, you have work and all that, it's a lot. But um, if you can show up, I feel like that means the world sometimes. Like you don't really have to spend to, to show up for the community. That's 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 well said. That's well said. I'm fine. I'm glad somebody else said it besides me about Del Time. You don't gotta spend a whole bunch of money. You can actually follow the hashtag that you be putting all the pictures. Just follow the hashtag and then look through. at what's going on connected to the hashtag. Yeah. Um, you could do like, oh, actually, let me just plug this because I'm assuming we have folks Please in do. the Bay listening, but. Project Open Everywhere. Hand in the Bay, uh, really cool. Like you really just devote your time, be in the kitchen, help them peel potatoes. And essentially they're feeding the community, uh, specifically people that are not mobile, like elders wow. in San Francisco and Oakland um, who are less um, uh, un- underserved communities. So. Glide as well. Got it, got it. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying Glide as well and SF. That's another good one, too. You actually mm-hmm. are um, helping out with meals that day and giving to the less fortunate. Yeah. Appreciate that. Like, so, Jacreza, before, um, first of all, I want to say thank you for your time. I mean, about the time, really appreciate you. Just, it's been an honor. But I, what I want to ask you is can you tell the people what you're working on, what you got going on? What's, I mean, tell us about Raw Eagle, tell us about She Spits Color. I mean, what are you doing? Let us know. <laughs> uh, okay, so She Spits Color. So I used to do spoken word, and, and I enjoy being in open mic. So we try to organize them once in a while. Um, and She Spits Color basically was my stage name when I would do spoken word. Um, but beyond that, I am working on The Raw Ego, which we're developing as a brand. And really, the goal is to highlight minority-owned businesses and brands and artists. Um, We're doing this out of our own pocket. So we're investing in purchasing from them and curating gift kits just so they're more accessible. Like the, The way this all started was we really wanted to shift how we spend. And in the process, we were spending shipping every time you're purchasing one item from a brand right so i feel like we wanted to make that make it more cost efficient for people who want to do that who want to explore more small businesses minority owned um but but not pay hella on shipping um but also just kind of like taste test so we'll have um some gift kits there and then also i um upcycle clothing so we'll also have some selection um, that are upcycled 
um, and sewn by me. Um, so yeah, uh, looking forward to launch that. We'll be we'll definitely be tabling um, in LA a lot of these outdoor markets, um, yeah. and then hopefully through this we can really give platform to my uh, BIPOC own businesses and um, and put on something in person, maybe like an open mic um, or like a physical event when COVID eases up. Okay, okay, nice. If for, for those of, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say for the listeners, I'm going to say for me because I don't know. Can you tell, tell me what upcycling is? Oh, upcycling is basically I thrift clothes and for me personally, I always do like men's shirt and then alter that to fit me. So it'll be like a variation of that. Yeah, and I just got to add this. Um, y'all know, as I always say, support Black businesses. So yeah, y'all support <laughs> that Black-owned business. Yeah, we have some exciting products. I'm really excited. Just to plug this, we have like a, a chocolate lover's delight kit. And okay. it's from four brands. Um, and it's basically like a selection of different chocolates and those four brands are all people of color. Um, and then just shout out to some of them, Cultura, which is owned by this uh, Latina. Um, and then we have uh, Soul Cacao, their bean to bar, um, chocolate bar in Harlem. Um, and then a couple more brands there. But yeah, so we're working on it. We're trying to be diligent on research to put it together. Um, and dude, can I just say too, like, Researching this is, is a trip because um, there's so many brands that utilize images of people of color. And then you click on it because you're a juice. Like, oh, wow, they're I've represented. <laughs> and then they're not their own. Like, you can't find who owns it. And it's usually like a conglomerate of, you know, companies or something. But um, but yeah, we're, we're really trying to f- narrow down, like, who's the face who's actually making these items. Um, so yeah, excited to make that available to y'all. Yeah, that's coming soon. Y'all keep checking out and y'all can follow that at The Raw Ego on Instagram as well as and you YouTube. Guys, and, and you guys can follow Jacreza at She Spits Color. That's one word. And that's just one word. She Spits Color. Is that spelled the way it sounds? It is, exactly. Color, <laughs> like C-O-L-O-R. Yeah, color. <laughs> you know, like the color purple. Outstanding, outstanding. Listen, Jacreza, we again, we couldn't thank you enough for hopping on such short notice and just dropping some gems on the community. And you said earlier that you wish you were doing more, but I mean, contributing to 40 minutes to us today is more than a lot of people can even imagine to do. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Y'all could be anywhere in the world right now, but y'all here with us, and we appreciate that. Hey, man, and if you made it this far, just know, man, we really, 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 really mess with you. Hey, cue the music. Yeah. sound like something. <laughs> cut. Yeah. Like BT after midnight. sun cut. Trying to walk in Milwaukee, you know, make the butts.
mixtape, man. Okay, Jim's mixtape. Shout out to the homies, man. Free the homies, man.